Welcome back to It's Technically Romance, where we take a look at Hallmark films from our two different points of view. Mine being the somewhat cynical cinephile. And mine being the hopeless romantic. My name is Hamilton. And I'm Stephanie. And tonight we're taking a look at another of these holiday films from Hallmark. Time for him to come home for Christmas. Yes, uh, this is, I don't know, like the sixth or seventh movie. Maybe not. I'm not sure. <laughs> are, there, are, there, are there that many? There are quite a few, but weirdly, we haven't watched any of them. <laughs> I thought we watched one We of may them. have watched the first one, but I do not remember it. I remember so there was a cul-de-sac, I think. I remember there, there being a cul-de-sac for some mm, reason. I don't know about that, but I, I know that from my recollection, I think this is the first one that I've seen, uh, which is kind of crazy, but... Here we are. And these are a series of movies by Blake Shelton? Does does he he make them with no. his, his magic? What is how, what what process does he have in these? I mean, they all do have a little bit of Blake Shelton magic, <laughs> but the I think his mother has something to do His mother makes these movies with them and he like executive produces. Oh, that's the sweet spot. You you always want to be an executive producer on these. Those are those I think are they ones. always put his song in the movies. Okay. I, I could be mistaken. I would I would hope so. But we had a lot of requests for this one and uh we're big we're big Blake Shelton fans. We I mean we we actually just got done watching the, the voice, so she's not lying. Yeah, when we say big Blake Shelton fans, it's from The Voice, not because we listen to his music. I didn't even know he was a musician. <laughs> uh, and you know, we're we're pretty fond of uh, Mr. Mr. Tyler Hines as well. So we thought, hey, let's let's give this one a go. <laughs> and with that said, Stephanie. Yes, Hamilton. What did you think of? It's time for him to come home for Christmas. Is this one that you would want to watch again? Maybe while a Blake Shelton record is playing in the background softly? Or is this one that you'd want to have on in the background while you are putting away some groceries? Oh. I know. Or is this one that you would never want to see in your life again? Those are your three choices. Pick one, please. Well, those didn't really... Uh, I was thinking there was going to be another like Blake Shelton reference. No, that's all I could come up with. That's all Groceries. <laughs> <on the spot. laughs> Groceries. I mean, you listen to them on the way to the grocery store. How about that? Come on. Do they play these on the radio now? <laughs> um, I, I guess I got to go buy a Blake Shelton record because I would watch this one again. Okay. What about you? Like you'd watch, you'd sit there. I'd sit there and I'd watch it as my Blake Shelton record <laughs> spins quietly. Nice. In the background. Okay. So are you, are you unpacking groceries to this one or is this a, a never again for you? Uh, this, this unfortunately is going to be a, a never, never again for me. This Whoa. is, this is a never have I ever. Um, <sighs> I, I was not, not a fan of this film and, and I'm very sorry because I am a fan of the always cool cat Tyler Hines, um, but this this is a this is a no go for me. This is a this is a shocker, folks. Is I it really? This one might be a first, at least in a while, of one that I would definitely watch again, and then one that you wouldn't never watch again. Well, there's a few big reasons for it, which we'll go into, and I'm curious to know if some of our listeners might might recognize because there's I have a really big pet peeve. And they do this pet peeve 
multiple times in this movie. Um, so I'm curious. I'm going to let you guys stew on that. Ruminate. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and get that wonderful uh, plot summary from you. I hope you say Blake Shelton in it. Because if you don't, I'm going to be very upset. Well, I guess you you're going to start, gonna, you I guess start, you're start adding upset. in there right now. <laughs> well, I'm going to be right back <laughs> real quick. I'm just, I'm still just shooketh that this is a never watch again for you. You weren't hearing me sigh when no, you were I thought it was it? out of adoration. I thought we were both on the same page with this one. Happy sighs. So, happy sighs. I, you know, it, it's been a minute since you've liked one, and I, I have not yeah. adamantly. So I'm curious to dive in. Go ahead and give us that, that sweet, sweet plot. Elizabeth receives a mysterious voicemail and goes on a search trying to find the woman the message was meant for. She runs into her old friend, Josh, who decides to help her in her search. The journey brings up their complicated past, causing them to find the true answers they were looking for in each other. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that sounds like a good movie. It sounds like one I of don't know. This one was a, a tricky, tricky one to summarize. You, you skipped over the thing um, that I didn't like about this. The complicated past was very complicated. You just kind of glossed, glossed over that. Well, it's a summary. Okay. And now we will. Now we will dive into that complication. Deeply dive. Sure. Apparently, I need to know. I'm curious on your thoughts. This is a this is a movies and mysteries for me <laughs> in this episode. I love my, I just can't get over that me sighing during the film was you thinking that I liked it so much. That still tickles me. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's go ahead and talk about our two main leads. Um, obviously, we're both huge Tyler Hines fans. Um, I mean, you kind of have to be if you're a Hallmark fan. Um, but, you know, he plays our, our lead, our male lead here. Um, and I, I mean, I thought he did, did a good job. I thought he did a Tyler Hines job. He did a Tyler Hines job. I, yeah, I I enjoyed him as always in this movie. I feel like I really liked um, the the like flashbacks. I mean, we'll talk about them, but this is gonna be so weird because I like I'm teetering on like loving this movie. Are you serious? I'm serious. We need to I don't know. We might I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna happen here. <laughs> we might break up. We might break up over this movie. Um and then we have newcomer Holland Roden mm -hmm. who plays Elizabeth. And I've not seen her before. I think she plays on the Teen Wolf show oh i, I do like werewolves MTV. i do like werewolves yeah uh, yeah i was getting that from her nice nice <laughs> i don't know if she's a wolf <laughs> but she's in the show i've never seen her in anything um so this was my first impression of her and i i loved her mm. i absolutely enjoyed her and i would love to see her in more movies i thought her and tyler were incredible together yeah no, they, I, they had some I, good chemistry. I absolutely loved the these two this might be so my favorite opposite tyler so far has been bethany joy mm -hmm. lens um and what's weird and i don't know if you were catching this like holland had some similarities like she could be like maybe bethany's sister or you know like i distant thought cousin maybe they, yeah. they distant <laughs> cousin yeah they had some similarities um but she is definitely like up there now, uh, Holland, like I, I would love 
I would love to see these two together again. But yeah, I really enjoyed her. No, I I really liked her. I thought she was great. I thought they both had some some wonderful chemistry. Um, I I think the story just kept interfering with me really connecting with her and connecting with his character. Um, but yes, no, I think she could be a, a really strong Hallmark uh, lead uh, moving forward for sure. I'm in agreement. So we talk about the the Hallmark movies and mysteries and a lot of times they're just really sad mm. and they're not there's not really much of a mystery. But this one was like an actual mystery. It was a sad mystery. Yeah. Well, it was sad, but it didn't feel as sad as a lot of the other ones. To me, it was, you know, heavy on the mystery, light on the sad. Mm-hmm. So it was exciting for me to, to, to go along for their little mystery hunt. I did. I mean, I did like the mystery hunt. I like that we're kind of led on this hunt. Uh, you say it wasn't sad. To me, this movie was was very sad. I mean, they this, this friend group here wishes upon a star. She wishes upon a star for everything to remain exactly the way it is. And then that night, that very night, her, her best friend dies. So her wishing on a star is apparently some sort of deadly <laughs> misfortune. Like she, I, I don't know, I don't want to say she caused it, but something happened with that star wishing where it just flipped. And so right from the start, I, I was just, I was very confused by that. I guess I didn't, it didn't seem as sad to me because we didn't really get the chance to know Andy, you know, the best friend. So I didn't really feel like super connected to to him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the idea of it, yes, is sad, but then it's like, you know, years later. It, it, see, and that's, I'm so glad you said years later because they say that a lot in the film. They're like, oh, you know, this was years ago, years ago. It was only three years, just three years. This was not a very long time for all this to have taken place. And so they make it seem like a lot of time has passed. And really, to me, I don't think three years is that long of a time. What, I mean, did you did it feel like a long time to you? I mean, three years is, I mean, it's not not <laughs> a long time. But it's, you can still see they're still dealing with it. They're still dealing with the grief. Yeah, yeah um, they definitely are. It does still seem, you know, kind of fresh for them. But I feel like three years is a good enough time where you're still dealing with it, but enough time has passed that you're able to sort of go about your daily life again and Mm -hmm. it's not like consuming you. Fair. That's fair. But let's go ahead and talk about our meet cute or in this case, the classic Ryu meet cute. So this one, this one was a little weird for me because of all the hotels and all the cities and all the world, these two bump into each other right at the same time. It was fate. <laughs> I guess I guess it was fate. Christmas magic. Sure, yeah. <laughs> if you want to throw Christmas magic in here, why not? We can, we can throw it in there. Throw a little Christmas magic in here. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they bump into each other. Not necessarily cute. Pretty awkward. Pretty awkward. Yeah. Uh, one of the more like cold Ryu meat cutes we've had Uh, and not from and not from the snow outside but from what's inside of their hearts um (laughs) you know if you this so this part I did find a little strange because if they were like best friends they were best they were best of for I don't know how long they went to college together seems like you know they were their little little friend group and Mm. I think forever, right? Like, are, I they, mean, are I, they growing up for his friends? It seems like they were yeah. they were supposed to be really, really close. So three years, mm. 
I don't know. I don't know that that's how I would react to someone. I mean, at this point, we don't really know what has happened. So in my mind, I'm like, man, the way that uh, Josh reacts to her is like he doesn't even know who she is. At least she has like some sort of like look on her face like, like, oh, and she kind of acknowledges that, you know, she's aware that he's standing right there and he exists, but he is just like the coldest of the cold. So I'm like, goodness gracious, like what has happened to cause these lifelong friends to act like complete strangers to each other in in three years span of time it's wishing on a star guys this is why you don't wish on a star it, it causes death and mayhem i mean that's what caused this and that's why we're, we're here today um yeah it was it was very awkward it was not what i was used to um but it had me intrigued it, it definitely i mean i will say this for the movie it definitely had me intrigued the mystery aspect of it i wanted to see i wanted to see what would happen and what was going on so it definitely had me intrigued same uh but again i don't know that i mean the way he's acting towards her is like she would have you know she would have been the one to kill their friend mm-hmm. um because I don't know that I would act that way towards anyone, even if it wasn't even like the closest of friends. If it was someone I knew and maybe we had a falling out, I would still like maybe say hi or like, oh, okay, something. Like he doesn't even speak to her. So it's just to me, just very, very odd. Well, I mean, that's and that's kind of what what she's struggling with too, is if she did kill their friend in a sense, right? Like she blames herself. And maybe he blames her for that as well in, in some regard at this point uh, of the film. And so I think that's one of the, the running themes here is, you know, the, the guilt that you feel w- when something awful like this happens. So uh, it was very cold. It's very cold. Yeah. But I love that we it's like a twofold mystery because we get the mystery of her trying to find, you know, the voicemail person. Mm-hmm. But then also it's a mystery to us of what actually happened. And so we get those sort of layers peeled back gradually throughout the movie of what actually took place between her and Josh and their friend and what happened that night. And I loved, you know, the flashbacks and everything and getting to see that sort of unfold throughout the movie. Yeah. I mean, in the flashbacks, you know, I'm glad you brought the the flashbacks up because they were, you know, in terms of just a really quick technical, um, you know, they were lit differently. I don't don't know if you knew that. I mean, it was a different location, obviously, but there, it almost seemed perfect purposeful in, in the way they were lit with like a lot of oranges and reds um, and yellows, very warm, uh, nostalgic is what I think they're going for with mm-hmm. those flashbacks and a very different lighting style for the rest of the rest of the movie. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the flashbacks because sometimes they can do it in a sort of like cheesy sort of weird way, but I liked the way they did them in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I did too. I think lighting wise, again, just not, not my favorite, um, but I, I did appreciate that they were you know, trying something new to kind of separate it from the, the main events of the, of the story in present day. I was going to get out the whiteboard and do a little time travel thing, but, it, you know, we, it's not technically time travel. So, I mean, I think pretty it's not time travel at all. It's not technically time travel. But yeah. uh, a little a little romance here since the meet the Ryu meet cute was not romantic at all. Um, I love this role for Tyler of like 
being in love with his best friend but he's like nervous about it that scene where in the flashback when his sister gives him the ballet tickets and she's like oh you should give this to elizabeth and the like the just the look on his face like he does like this little smile like it's like he's a little nervous but he's excited (laughs) about it like i loved that scene and i just thought it was so genuine and adorable well it's funny you know you talk about that scene that that was a cute scene but it, it dealt with with something that that I hate, which is the stupid conflict. And I mean, that's what it was. I mean, he overhears, you know, her speaking to the friend instead of, you know, kind of approaching her, talking to him about it, to her about it, he just runs away. Uh, and that's what causes, you know, the friend to die, basically. His, his uh, not dealing with something like an adult causes the friend to die and just, and I hate it. It, it drove me crazy. Like that, that bugged me to no end. I mean, that didn't bug me as much as it does later on in the movie. And that's where they the other still thing. don't we communicate. Have, exactly. But we have another another conflict and just I just I couldn't deal with it. I mean, you guys know if you if you've listened to listened to the podcast before, that's one of my, my biggest pet peeves and we have that early on in the film and then we have it again later on in the film. And I just I mean that's that's what really bothered me. But I did you know, like he said, think that scene was cute when he was making his way over to her for with the tickets. Yeah, before all of the tragedy happens. The tragedy. Uh, but uh, some more lighthearted things about this movie that <laughs> I uh, really did enjoy was the music. I loved the music in this movie. Um, like from the beginning, like the first song that plays and then like the score throughout. Mm. Um, they had some really nice songs that played and i love that music was a part of this obviously this was like executive produced by blake shelton and we know that he had to like throw his song there in the end that's not the music that i'm loving but everything else throughout the rest of the movie i really enjoyed i'm sorry to blake shelton i know you're listening to this you're a big fan I just, I just want to apologize to you for, for those comments. <laughs> I love Blake Shelton, but I don't necessarily love like country music, but this, like this movie didn't have that. I'm glad it wasn't like hardcore yeah, country no, music throughout. It just had a great soundtrack. Also, what uh, comes to mind was the, the memorial song when she goes to the memorial for Andy. There's a really beautiful piece that plays uh, for that scene. Yeah. Um, but props to the composer for this movie. Chris Anskoff. I, I really, yeah, I loved the music and, and the soundtrack for this for this film. But we have a little a little humor in this movie, which which may seem odd. It does. But I mean, best friend dying. Let's just throw some throw some humor in there. Let's throw some cookie decorating in there. Why don't we? Uh, and that's what they did. Oh, yeah. But I loved it, so it worked for me. Uh, the cookie decorating was awful and that's why I loved it because I'm a terrible cookie decorator and I feel like when you and I try to decorate our own cookies, that's what they look like. So I really appreciated the authenticity and that these two weren't just like incredible, incredible at cookie decorating, but it was really funny, you know, their reactions and you sort of get that like playful and you see the chemistry coming through with both of them through that scene. So that was a fun scene. I think that's kind of when, you know, they they both kind of let their guard down a little bit more in that scene. Um, You know, it starts looking more like a traditional sort of Hallmark movie, uh, a non-movie than a mystery one. And I agree. I, I got a few chuckles in there. And, you know, as far as our cookie decorating goes, I mean... It, guys, it's, it's a lot harder than it seems. I mean, we went to a cookie decorating party once. I was like, oh, man, I got this. I went to art school, for goodness sakes. I can decorate a cookie. No. No, I cannot decorate any cookie in any way whatsoever. 
super hard. So it was nice to see like a realistic take on it for sure. Yeah. And speaking of music, there is, you know, the theme of they're trying to find the the mystery of the the jingle or, you know, whatever's playing in the back of the voicemail. And I love this scene where they go to like the music man, you know, uh, his mom is like, oh, Josh's mom is like, oh, you got to go to this guy. He knows every song like, you know, he works at a music store and this is another like step in the the fateful journey that they take uh, that. So they meet this man and they're playing him the voicemail. And I love it because he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. And you see his wheels turning mm-hmm. and you think he's like ready to say it. And he's like, nope, got nothing. <laughs> so yeah, that, I mean, I think I laughed out loud for that scene. I thought that was, that was funny. But I, you know, this is where they meet the singer in the background who at the time were like, who are you? You know, um, well, is, she, is she famous? Because the way they're, they're doing this, you know how they'll have like, you know, famous actors or singers, you know, cameos. The way they were filming this made it feel like she was famous. And again, I'm not a I'm not a fan of country music, so I felt like she's someone I should know. She is a, a country singer. Um, not sure if she's famous or not, but she is a country singer. I'm sorry to this woman for not knowing her. <laughs> um, but uh, she was playing herself okay. uh, to to Neil Towns. So She's she good. is an actual. I liked, yeah. I liked her singing voice. I did like that. Yeah. So at the time when we meet her, we're uh, we're unaware of the part that she actually will play in the movie. Mm-hmm. One of the things we really haven't touched upon yet, and I, I feel like we should because he was actually one of my favorite parts of the film, was the the mystery man who who leaves the message. You know, he, he kind of, he, I mean, I think Mystery Man is, is a pretty way, good way to describe him. He has this air of mystery about him. He, obviously, he's carrying around this weight of guilt. And we find out why that is at the end. But even before that, like, you can tell he is struggling with something. And it's acted so beautifully right from the start. Yeah, I had this, like, weird feeling in the beginning that, and I didn't know anything about what was going to be the mystery of this movie, um, but when we were watching at the beginning, I just had this eerie feeling when they were showing the flashbacks of her and Tyler. And then we we know about this mystery man. So I thought there actually maybe would be some time travel in this. For some Ooh. reason, I was thinking the All mystery right. man was going to be like a future Tyler. Ooh. And he was like calling her from the future. Yeah. I mean, that may... You may have enjoyed that movie. Well, I think we got. Whoa, whoa, let's not t- talk too much. I think we got a Hallmark movie here. Uh, patent pending, guys. You can't take this one. This one's ours. This one's a good one. We'll call it Time for Future Him. No, no, it's going to give it away. Time for him again to come home for Christmas, too. Or it would be time for him to come home for Christmas again. Okay, that That's much better than what I had. You're going to write this one. Um, so I, yeah, my, my brain was out there, but that is definitely not what, what happened in the, in the movie. He, he is not future Tyler. Um, but he is a man who is connected to both of them. Um, and you guessed it before I did, which I was, you know, I'm usually the one with the, the whiteboard out trying to figure things out. Um, I wasn't even thinking that and you said it and as soon as you did, I'm like, Oh, of course. Uh, it was so brilliant. So, yeah. Bravo, usually, bravo. usually you figure out the mysteries before I do. So I was pretty proud of myself. You, you need to, you need to be proud. That was uh, good. But spoilers, we are going to, to reveal the mystery. So if you have not seen the movie, he killed her friend. <laughs> he killed the friend. It was him. He, he lost control of the car. 
on an icy patch and calls the calls the the car wreck. Yeah, it's when he's talking to his brother and he's like, because I didn't realize it until, I mean, we're halfway through the movie, but when he's talking to his brother and he's saying how, like, I just had to get away and I felt so much guilt and shame. Mm. And I was like, what would he feel guilt and shame? And then it occurred to me, I was like, oh, he's the one that See, I thought it was going to be, but it was so weird because I thought it was going to be, um, he was like a drug addict or an alcoholic, like recovering or something. Cause you know, they mentioned shame and guilt. So that's where my mind went to. I didn't think they're going to be connected at all, but of course it may, it is great. I mean that part, that part I loved, I loved in that movie, um, is how this all kind of connects together. Uh, and he's acted by Steve basic, who, uh, is not basic at all. He was <laughs> fantastic in this role. Like, like I said, from the very beginning, he's just a man carrying this, this weight. And when he hugs his brother, I don't know if you noticed the hug. It was like a, like a double fist hug. Like it was great. Like I need to learn how to hug like that. Cause I saw that <laughs> hug and I'm like, yes, yes. That's how you hug. That's it. Yeah. So he was awesome. This yeah. Movie. Definitely one of my favorite parts. He was fantastic as Carter. Um, so, you know, attached to Carter is Madeline. Um, and she has a bow of her own and right away, you know, uh, this is more your your category. I'm kind of breaching in here, a little romance, a little side romance. Uh, I felt so bad for that man. He was he was so nice. Her her boyfriend. I didn't. He what? was a monster. What? He didn't know what? that she liked the caramel truffles instead oh, of the peppermint no. ones. So I mean, he right was away, trying. this man was trying. <laughs> No, obviously I'm joking. I did feel bad for him, but it didn't seem like it was like that epic of a love. So I don't think, you know, I think he'll be fine. Um, Well, I love how in these movies, I mean, I don't know, maybe I've just had really bad breakups before, but every breakup in these movies goes over so well. Everyone is so understanding, so polite. Like, I just, I mean, do they not have messy breakups? Like, have you, has there ever been like a really messy breakup here with the, the other guy? The other um, you know, I can't think of one. I know what I'm saying. Like, it's just, it, but it is Hallmark. So I don't think there's going to be too much of a mess. Let's bring it. Let's bring it. Hallmark. <laughs> let's bring, bring that the mess. mess. This is movies and mysteries. We can, we can do some stuff. <laughs> we can do some stuff. But no, she obviously is constantly thinking of Carter. Yeah. Um, and, and why wouldn't she? That man's amazing. You know, it seems like she's tried to move on. Uh, I think, has it been like a few months they've been together, her and this new guy? Yeah, yeah a few months. And, you know, he can't seem to get the truffles right, which, <laughs> you know. Uh, Somehow she knew. <laughs> it's just, you know, you can tell. They make it so it feels like, yeah, she's not feeling this. It's kind of just uh, a means to an end. She's just trying means to. Means to an end. That poor man. <laughs> well, I, she, you know, people get lonely. They attach themselves to other people for a short while and then it doesn't work out. It's, you know, wow. it is what it is. If they were together for like the th- whole three years, then yeah, maybe I would have felt a little more bad for him, but he seems totally fine with it. Like he knows he's like, yeah, she- these truffles were so when wrong. I, embrace- I, did, I did. I did something awful. When I embrace her, I can tell like she's just stiff. Like there's no I don't hug movement. like Carter does. <laughs> but so we do find out that, Madeline, she is the the mystery woman that uh, he is looking for in the voicemail, and you know it is all intertwined with the with the music layers. People, stories within stories within stories. Because we do find out that she's in a band, um, which I'm a little confused about her band. Uh, is it Madeline Hahn and the Holidays? Yeah. Are they 
are they only a Christmas band? Do they only play Christmas songs? I would like to know more about that as well. I, I was a little confused too. It I, should look cool. I mean, yeah, I just don't know how well they can do if they only play around the holidays. I mean, maybe it's just a side business. Maybe she does like gig. different holidays, like Valentine's Day, New Year's <laughs> Eve. You know, like old okay, Lang's that's Eye true. And uh, maybe some summer Fourth hits. of July, yeah, Fourth of July bops. I don't know. You know all those classic Fourth of July songs. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was interesting to me uh, I, that I didn't know like that it was going to be so music heavy. But I guess I should have realized that it's Come you know, on. Blake Shelton. Come on. Well, again, we've never watched any of the other ones. So I didn't know if every single other one has like a country music singer in it. Tell, tell me, guys, because I don't think I'm going to go back and watch them. But... I'm assuming that they do and that they all put the, the Blake Shelton song in there. And it's cool, too, because we expect her, you know, they kind of make her out to be working at a booth in the market. You know, they go on that little adventure to try and find her at the market. Uh, and so when we do find out that she is like a rock and roller like that, that was a big mystery for me, too. Like mysteries left and right here. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was just like mystery within a mystery. Um, and you get excited because you think they found her. But then it's not but then it's her. Not. Um, but those are fun little moments uh, with the romance going back to Josh and Elizabeth. We get to see them have a little fun, you know, in, the, in, their, in their journey um, where they're doing the like ring toss. Yeah. And speaking of the ring toss real quick, uh, I've never seen a ring toss draw a crowd like this one did. I mean, they had people from all over the, the grounds coming over to watch this, this ring toss. It was Tyler Hines. He brought the he, <laughs> he brought, brought the crowd. He brings the. I mean, yeah, he does bring the crowd. So that that would that checks out. That checks out. Uh, but it was cute. It was cute. You know, neat little neat little moment there. But I was like, you know, that's my girl. That she she loses on purpose. Allegedly, yeah, allegedly. No, she easily could have beat him. <laughs> but you know, the whole thing was if she loses, she has to go to the Christmas party with him, and she's like, yeah, I'm gonna lose because mm -hmm. I would lose too. Um, and I love that they have that warmth that it's not, you know, obviously she's in love with him, but also she misses his family. You know, she w used to be around them every year, yeah. you know, for their Christmas Eve party. And it was like a special thing. Um, so she wants to, to feel that, that joy again and that nostalgia. And obviously it's hard for her, you know, with the memories, but you can see that she's just wanting to sort of embrace that and have that back in her life. Yeah, and it's weird too. You know, her character is interesting to me because she has like this sweet tooth, like a hardcore sweet tooth. And so much so in the beginning of the movie, she likes grabbing cupcakes, licking her fingers. I can't talk about that scene. It's it's weird to me. Like, and usually what you'll do uh, in films is once you have your, your main character, you'll give them some sort of trait, like something that like separates them from the other characters, something that you think about and you go back to that character, right? That's a, a film trick. And so to have her... I guess her characteristic is she has a sweet tooth and she licks her fingers. It's just very odd to me. I, I haven't seen that one before. The, <laughs> I mean, I thought she was adorable from the beginning, minus the the licking the fingers. I and shaking hands. It just that, people. That is like, it's like a pet peeve of mine, it's and I've seen it before. They do it in the uh, the one royal holiday. Do they really? Well, oh, man. Where she's like, yeah, she's got the, I think she licks her fingers after the donut and then she goes oh, to shake yeah. his hand. It's Ooh. not, it just, it, it, it's an icky thing for me <laughs> and I'm watching this and I'm seeing her lick, keeps licking she her fingers. She does it multiple times, yeah. And then 
touching things and wanting to I'm glad she didn't actually shake the guy's hand it didn't happen but then she like goes up to the front desk and is like touching the phone and, t- and it's like oh like oh man no. so that's her characteristics is a sweet tooth licking fingers that's that's how you remember this character yeah I, I was trying to forget about that scene I'm glad so I brought thank it up you for I'm glad thank I brought you for it bringing up. it up that is uh, Elizabeth's one big flaw. <laughs> She's a little gross. But <laughs> so the one big, to me, the one huge flaw of this movie, as much as I in, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and also, we're going to need to come back to you not liking this movie because you haven't really touched upon why you don't like it because you've kind of been talking it, about it as if you did enjoy it. No, I, I've, I've, I've mentioned the lighting was, was okay. And um, oh, we'll come back to it. Yeah, go ahead. But the big flaw, and maybe this is why you didn't like it either, you know, is they finally find Madeline. Yep. And they play her the message, and it's her, and we're like, yes, we found her. The thing that doesn't work for me is that Madeline also has a message. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where I got really confused because (laughs) if she had a well, one, she, it was like, you know, Elizabeth's going on this huge journey and all of this, you know, hard work and research and all this to find this person. And Madeline's like, who cares? Well, she's busy know. around the holidays. I don't know who this Elizabeth is and I don't care. <laughs> she's like, busy oh, well. around the holidays. Right? But does she not recognize Carter's yeah. voice? Like, does she not know that that's Carter calling her? So, and why wouldn't she call him back? So that's... That's the thing I was trying to suss out because that was very confusing to me. I think what it was was that, she, that I think that's what maybe triggered her memories of him was hearing his voice. But even then, it's, I'm just like stretching to try and find an explanation. But then you wouldn't call him back? Maybe she, maybe he doesn't have the number, right? Maybe he has a new phone because he's been working with his hands as he does. But he left her the voicemail. No. So she has the number yeah, she to does. call him back. Yeah. So if she was really like, oh, yeah. where is he? I'm thinking about him. And you get, you actually I'm get trying. a voicemail I, I'm for, trying from so him. hard to make this work because I hate plot holes like this. Um, yeah, because then it makes me feel bad for Elizabeth that she's been trying to find her for so long. And Madeline's just sitting here with a voicemail from Carter. And she's like, I'm not calling him back. <laughs> so it's like, I don't, yeah, I, what I don't, was the point? I don't know. I don't think you need that. I think you can do something else. So Yeah. Um, I thought it was a weird way to do it. And then how he was like, well, I had two numbers. I'm like, who does it? He just has two random numbers like on pieces of paper. Like, he wouldn't have written their names. with grief, too. I know. We're all dealing with but grief. But that was a plot hole that I just... I was trying. I put it behind me because I enjoyed the movie so yeah. much that I was like, I'm not going to think on this too hard. Yeah. If you guys have an explanation for that, we'd love to hear it. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. Or the writer of the movie. I mean, I think this movie was written really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was written by Marcy Holland, who wrote all of the other movies. Uh, sorry that we have not seen them, but um, I thought this movie was written well and I thought we had some great conversations in it and it was a great mystery. Um Except for this one part that just didn't quite make sense to me. So if someone can explain this to me, us, explain it to yeah. us, that would be helpful. So I think, you know, from a dialogue standpoint, I think, you know, it was written well. I I just, I can't stand, and this is, you know, I was kind of alluding to it earlier. For me, I can't stand double conflict like this. Like it just, it bothers me to no end. And it just, it seems ridiculous, right? So we have the earlier conflict where, where Josh sees them, you know, talking, thinks they're going to go out on a date. He leaves and then she goes and then kills her friend. And just, I, 
it's, it's just weird to me. And then the, on the wishing on the star is weird too, that you have this moment where all of your, your friends are together and you wish for them to stay together. And then one of them dies like that very night. That was strange. And then at the end when they have their fight and they're confused because they're not talking about the same thing, that just bothered me. And then on top of it all, on top of it all, we get to the very end when Elizabeth goes to talk to Carter. And you think this is going to be like a really touching moment, like this moment where they're all dealing with this, this deep grief, right? And they, they don't really. Um, I feel like so much was left out of this, this conversation between the two, and nothing was really resolved here for me. He even asks her for his, her forgiveness, and she doesn't give it. She just talks about something else. And so, I don't know. For me, this movie could have been so good because the elements are there, the plot elements are there, but they don't do enough with how to deal with grief that it just kind of falls flat for me. That's my long-winded answer, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, yes, the conflict is <laughs> frustrating um, in the standpoint that they both think they're talking about the same thing, but they're not. But at the same time, I found it believable because they're so sort of like embarrassed by all of it that they don't really want to talk about it. So the little that they do talk about it, they think they know what each other is saying, even though they don't. Um, so it is very frustrating, but I think that makes for great, like, I think that makes for great drama is mm. that you're like, oh my God, you know, you're, it's making you feel something. Like I was feeling so frustrated right. with it. I don't want to um, feel frustrated at my movies, Steph. I don't want to. I don't be. I don't want to be watching a movie and being like, "This makes no sense. This needs to be, you know, more realistic because this would not happen in real life." I, I just. I think it could because people don't communicate. People oh, don't want to talk about their feelings. So to me, it seemed believable that they weren't fully saying because they already thought they knew. So they were like, "Why do I want to talk about this?" Because they just felt so. He thinks she's still in love with their dead friend and she, you know, thinks he doesn't love her even oh, after she I get tells it. him. I get it. Even after she's like, you know, she thinks she's explained to him. Yes, I feel the same way. And then his response is like, well, I'm going to move back to Michigan and I got my house there. And she's kind of like, oh, OK. So I thought it I thought it was really well done. And I and. I would say I enjoyed the conflict, but I thought it made sense and it made for a very like riveting scene to see them that way. Um, I do agree with you that the confrontation between her and Carter should have been more uh, emotional. Yeah. I felt I did feel like something was missing there. Um, I feel like we get way more like emotion when Carter sees Madeline yeah. in the, the diner and they don't even like really say much. Um, but I felt so much more in that small interaction than the conversation between Elizabeth and Carter. And I'm not sure why. I think maybe there was, was some editing done because it I felt guess. like there should have been more for such like a huge, you know, for such a huge conversation. Well, she doesn't forgive him. Again, he asked point blank for her forgiveness, essentially, and she doesn't give it. And... Well, I feel like she doesn't give it because she doesn't feel like she needs to forgive him because she says, I never blamed you. She's like, I blamed myself. And then that's when he's like, well, shouldn't we, we should just lay this down. But it did feel like too, like easy. Like it was right, just like, okay, we're good. Yeah. And After then, all of this time. And then she walks out and everyone's happy. It was just such a weird scene. And that, that's when they kiss, right? Like right after they leave, you have this emotional moment for both of them that should have been, 
this really deep pivotal moment in their lives because they've both been carrying this this grief around with them and then she goes out and makes out with Tyler Hines which I get you know I get it you want to make not, out with Tyler Hines I understand that but I w- it's not like she just like has this conversation and then goes out and starts making out with him that is not how it happens sure? I will tell you how it happens because because rem- that's, that's, that's how I remember it this is one of my favorite scenes okay. in a movie ever well in what? a Hallmark movie almost I well okay let's talk about it so please please explain this to me so the let's just set the scene they're in the snow outside of a a diner like after she has a grief stricken okay we're not thinking about that anymore (laughs) that is that scene is done we have moved on they're in front of a really cute like old school diner I love the scene I love that I love that shot where they look back and you see Madeline and Carter you know through the frosted glass yeah Yeah. that was a nice shot that was a nice shot and so, you know, she is, she's feeling a lot of emotions and they're kind of just like staring out into the distance. And then it kind of comes up again where he's like, you know, he, he finally brings it up and says like, oh, that you, you know, always had feelings for Andy. And in that moment, so he's just like talking and it's like, yeah, you know, I just, I really cherished our friendship. I'm glad I got that back with you and all this stuff. Um, and she, it just, it, it clicks. And to me, I love it. So I feel like you need that confrontation that you hated because this, that in turn makes this moment so much more special and so much more amazing because you see it click in her, in, in, in her face when she's like, oh my God, what? When he's like saying that, you know, I was in love with you and she's just like, wait, what? Like she doesn't realize and they both realize the truth that they both have been in love with each other for Mm -hmm. this whole time. And he's like, I never stopped. And then we have the kiss. Yeah. Yeah. We have. have And do you know where I'm going with this? (laughs) Kindling. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to me about the kiss. Talk to me about the kiss. I mean... You know, they better, they're, they're sending those firefighters over to that diner because uh, we got a blazing inferno. This kiss was holy moly. It was, it was amazing. It was, it's the best kiss I've seen this whole, no. it's the best no. kiss I've seen this whole season so far. Oh man. All right. All it right. was so good. The gra- the grab, the anticipation, like they're both, you know, the realization. Oh, and man. then it like, this is what I'm talking about when there's like, it's, you know, pent up for three years. Yes, they've been in love with each other. I mean, longer than that. But this, this kiss, it was everything. It was fantastic. It was, it was perfect. It was perfection. Wow. I mean, the way, the way you talk about this, this kiss and this movie, like, I feel like we watched two different movies here like it's, it's kind of blowing my mind well i know what you were focusing on so i didn't even care about the horribly like fake snow that started falling around them during the scene because the kiss was just so amazing i was like i don't even care but maybe that's what you were focusing I mean, I was on because the I fake was, snow did look really bad that started falling around I was, them. i was on that i was still in the diner with our man wanting forgiveness like that's where i was like to me you don't have this romantic moment right after you have that conversation about your your deceased friend like that i i don't know it just it felt so weird to me so i couldn't get into it i'm still thinking about the grief like this i feel like this movie couldn't decide what it wanted to do or what it wanted to be and it just i don't know it just it wasn't there for me mm. i mean that's life you know sometimes you're talking about grief and then next time you're making, making out, out Tyler you know, <laughs> it's just that's just how life is 
The one thing that I didn't need, though, in this movie was the concert at the end. I felt, if anything felt ill-placed, it was that. That was weird, yeah. It didn't really fit the feel of the movie because we didn't really get country music throughout any of the rest of the movie. But then all of a sudden we have like a country music concert at the end. And they're into it, man. They are into it. And I wasn't quite sure how they ended up back there since they didn't have tickets. And Madeline was already on the stage. Like, and the, the Tennille girl was already on the stage. So I don't know who let them back in um, because they had a, they had trouble getting in to begin with. Yeah. The timeline didn't quite make sense because Madeline seemed like she was getting ready to go on stage when they found her. But then they go to the diner, but then they're back at the concert. But again, I had that kiss, so it was like nothing <laughs> so else mattered still, to me. So you're still on the kiss high. I was still this. on the kiss high. That's fair. That's and, fair. Uh, I mean, even though we didn't need this concert at the end and some of it didn't make sense, you know, we get another we get another kiss. I know. this. I See, this one felt more appropriate to me because by that time, you know, we're away from the diner. This felt more natural. I thought this was actually really a cute scene. I didn't like that they were at the concert. I was confused by it, but I was like, oh, this is nice. You know, this is nice and warm. Yeah, it was It was a really cute kiss. They, like, rub noses and, like, yeah, oh, it was. It was, it was oh. intimate, but, like, it was comfortable. Comfortable intimacy is what I'm going to call it. I would rate that. I mean, that one was Sparks, so I'm going to, you know, because that's what I do. I'm going to rate that one Sparks, although it, I mean, it had potential, like, it was giving me Blazing Inferno vibes, but it wasn't quite there because, you concert. know, it was more of a... It was a, a concert setting. If there was a different it, setting, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe. Um, but no, it was adorable. And I loved these two together. And I hate that you didn't enjoy this one yeah. as much I as I did. Uh, again, it was not perfect in that, you know, there were some plot holes and there were some things that didn't make sense. But I, I saw the vision and I appreciated it. And there was enough in this that I would definitely watch it again, if nothing more, to watch that kiss again. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, I, I hate, you know, when I when I can't get into one. Like, I hate it, especially one like this. You know, you have one of your, your top male leads, and it, it's frustrating. And, you know, I don't think it has anything to do with the acting at all. It's just the overall story. It just felt surface-level grief. It didn't really get to the heart of it and just kind of, I don't want to say absurd, but a little bit of absurdity to it. The, the whole wishing star thing just throws me off to this moment. Like, you don't need that. I didn't even take that seriously. I just took that as like, oh, it's just like, you know, you like you do. You go outside, oh, I'm going to wish on a star. I didn't feel like it was that serious that they were like, oh, we're really making like, a, you know. But why have that scene? Like, I won't get into it again, but it's just, it's just so weird that she wishes for them to stay like this forever. And then he immediately dies. And they're not like that. And it's just so strange. I don't I don't think you need that scene. It makes it weird. And I just, yeah, I hate that. I couldn't get into this one. I'm sorry. I hate it for you, too. Because, <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a, I thought been, it was it's a good mystery. Because it's never, like, I can't remember the last time we've had one where you've loved and I have just not been into it at all. So this is this is a rarity. This is a rarity on this the, on the is. show. Um, well, I guess I'll be watching this one again alone. Yes, you will. While I'm in there making hot cocoa. <laughs> um, but thank you guys for tuning in um, if our voices sound a little bit different um, it's because we had to record this in two separate ones because our puppy was going insane for the first one so apologies about that um, but I appreciate you guys tuning in thank you so much please make sure to uh, rate us it really does help us out and gets people 
you know, to see us uh, amidst the other podcast. And if you are listening on Apple or Spotify, uh, the reviews are huge for us. So if you're ever on there and you can do a written review on iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, that really helps us out. And then you can give us ratings um, on both as well. Uh, so we really appreciate that. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for, you know, always reaching out and engaging with us on our socials. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, we'll be back. Yep. Next Thanks, week. guys.